Easter triumph, Easter joy. Such stirring words in such a great hymn. I've been singing that for a few weeks, you know, in anticipation of this sermon and, and this service. Well, it just, it perfectly captures our mood today, as well as what happened that first Easter. Christ's amazing triumph and our incredible joy. The words of our text today also capture that mood. St. Paul talks about that. He says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is our text. In those days, they'd have a huge victory parade downtown as a, as a homecoming. The citizens of the victorious country would, would line the streets, cheering and, and hailing their heroes. The commander of the army would ride triumphantly in a chariot, basking in the exuberant adoration of the crowds as they called out his name in joyful praise. Behind them would be wagons filled with treasures and rich goods of every description, spoils of the enemies whose cities they had sacked and looted. Behind them would be chained together some remnants of the vanquished army led down the street by those who triumphed over them. That's how they did it back then. There was no effort to show any compassion, no attempt to allow the enemy to, to save face, just the opposite. Their intent was to grind their enemy's face into the dirt, which I think is a perfect picture of what happened at the resurrection. When Jesus triumphed over Satan, sin, and death, on that day, he was not the, the merciful, gentle Jesus that, that we have come to know. Far from it. Remember how Paul describes our Lord's victory? Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Easter triumph. All the more amazing because it came as such a surprise. Not to Jesus, of course. He had known all along that his victory was assured. He had, had even told the disciples about that more than once, but apparently they had forgotten his words. Or maybe they never really believed them. They thought that Jesus' death meant total defeat for him and big trouble for them. Well, they weren't the only ones who thought the cross meant defeat for Jesus. I'm thinking now about those who engineered his crucifixion. For them, Good Friday was a counterfeit triumph. They thought they had won. They mocked and jeered Jesus while he was on the cross. They had gloated in triumph at his apparent defeat. Easter proved them wrong, and their victory false, counterfeit. 
That was true also for those whom Paul describes in our text, having disarmed the powers and authorities. Those aren't earthly authorities he's talking about. They are spiritual forces, Satan and his evil angels. Can't you just picture the devil dancing and and cheering on Good Friday? Maybe jumping up and down on Jesus' tomb on on, on Holy Saturday. And can't you hear his minions snickering as, as Jesus was suffering on the cross? And then when, when our Lord pronounced it is finished, them saying, no, you are finished. And then high-fiving one another at their cleverness and at the triumph of their master, Jesus, dead, God defeated. Nothing could stop them now, they thought. And then out of nowhere, Easter triumph. All of a sudden, the cross is is not the instrument of their victory, but of their defeat. Easter reveals what had been true all along. The cross of Christ is not crushing defeat, but triumphant victory. That means the, the cross now becomes the commander's chariot in that victory parade. Satan and his armies have become the humiliated, hopeless, crushed captives that are dragged behind the Lord in shameful procession. He has made a public spectacle of them, demonstrating to the whole world that this devil is nothing. He's helpless and impotent in the presence of the Almighty. He's got a big L on his forehead. Loser. Not just his seeming triumph over Jesus, but everything he does or promises is shown to be counterfeit, of no value whatsoever. So why don't we remember that? Why do we still listen to him? Why are we so tempted? to follow what he says, and and to accept what he offers. Don't do that. Why follow a loser? What he offers is counterfeit. What he promises is counterfeit. It's not real. The same thing is true of what this world has to offer. Not that everything here is sinful or or counterfeit. It's not. But nothing the world offers is of any lasting significance. It might not all be counterfeit what the world offers, but ultimately it is all of little importance. St. Paul reminds us what is most important. And the words spoken at the very beginning of our service, Pastor Kaiser read them. I'll read them now. I delivered to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. It's of first importance. Nothing comes ahead of it. 
Nothing is more important than to know without a doubt that Christ was truly dead, but he's not dead anymore. <laughs> Do those words sound strange? He used to be dead? How does that make any sense? I don't know. But I do know this. We, we had better get used to it. In fact, if, if what you want is a, a nice, logical religion that, that does not intrude on your life or change anything about your life, well, then Christianity isn't for you. Because Christianity doesn't make sense. Although, actually, it makes perfect sense when viewed through the eyes of faith. That's what Easter is all about. It's about faith. And it's about life. Life that is changed by our risen Lord. It's about his amazing triumph and, and our incredible joy. It is not about the unimportant triumphs that we so often look forward to. The, the pleasures we treasure, the successes we savor. Well, those things can begin to seem so important that we make the mistake of, of thinking that they are of first importance. They are not. In fact, they're so unimportant as to be unworthy of any more mention this morning. Away with counterfeit triumphs and, and unimportant victories. Our joy is in Jesus. Because he triumphed over Satan all our sin is forgiven. <laughs> what joy. Think of what that means. The one who, who wants to accuse us has no power to do so. And the one who has the power to accuse us has no desire to do so. Only Jesus has the right to accuse us be, before his father. Satan would love to, to stand in the presence of God and, and point out all the sins that you and I have committed and, and then suggest what the appropriate punishment for our sin would be, but he's powerless to do that. Only Jesus has the right to accuse us before his father, to blame us for the death he died. But he won't do that because he doesn't want to do that. What he wants to do, and what by the, the power of his resurrection he is able to do, is to hold us close to him, to help us, and to protect us. That's why our joy is in Jesus, and why he is of first importance in our lives. But what does that mean? really? What difference does it make? What, what does it change about our lives? Well, everything. To say our joy is in Jesus is to say that, that we find our greatest joy in serving him, not ourselves. Living the way he wants us to, remembering what is truly important. Things are not of first importance. Our relationship with God is of the utmost importance, and it is the source of the purest kind of joy. Now, we know that anything that is important is worth our time and energy. 
That's certainly true when it comes to our relationship with the Savior. If we are going to keep our priorities straight, keeping first things first, if we are going to know his will and and do his will, then we have to spend time with him, like we're doing today. What better response can there be to his amazing triumph and, and our incredible joy? How his joy fills our hearts when when we gather with his people to relive his triumph over Satan and to remember what that means for us every day of our lives. Our joy is in Jesus, in living for him, and also in dying with him. How about that? We can find joy even in death because Easter gives us victory over death, the enemy that we sometimes still fear the most. Oh, we we will die, our loved ones too. But like Jesus, we won't stay dead. Our risen Lord has promised to raise us up to live with him in joy, in triumph, forever. Easter triumph. Easter joy. His amazing triumph. Our eternal joy. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia and amen. And may that Easter triumph and our eternal joy Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.